If you want, hey, I still got the Lord of the Rings ones. That I didn't get rid of. Like, I gave you the doubles, but the Lord of the Rings yeah. ones I still got. I got doubles of that. It's fucking awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, nice. That's my all-time favorite. Okay, should we get into this? <laughs> you don't want to get into the Lord of the Rings books and the Hobbit? Well, we could talk about that. We could talk about that for another like twenty minutes, probably. But that's like love those books. That's just a so that's a that's one tangent too far. You know? I want to I want to learn Elvish. Nerd. If you want him, come and claim him. <laughs> <laughs> Though Tico said to you about Rasmus Hoyland. Motherfucker scored a brace, man. I can't believe he scored a brace. The thing is, we said so much stuff in that last episode. Like you said, oh, he hasn't had a brace yet, and he gets a fucking brace. You talked about Adingra, and Nigra came back and had a fucking brace. It's fucking True. nuts. Yeah, Patrick is nice. If only up? our bets worked out that way. No, <laughs> we're like geniuses until it comes to that, like the final ten minutes of the episode, then we turn into idiots. Hello and welcome to episode twenty-eight of Draft Offsides. I'm with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith, and we are here for game week. 20, looking back on game week twenty-five and going over game week twenty-six. Is that right? We are like well on our way into the season, yeah. guys. Yep, we, we, we've gone, we've got far. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been a fun ride. So I kind of wanted to start this because this is a little bit of a weird week with you know, but there's there's the Crystal Palace Everton game tomorrow, and then there's two more games in the game week Tuesday Wednesday. Are you guys in your are you guys in your matches? Or are you pretty out of it? Like, do you need what do you need to happen between now and Wednesday for you to win? I need Carlton Morris to score a hat trick and get two assists in this against, next game <laughs> against Ooh. Liverpool. No, against, Liverpool? Yeah, against Liverpool or City. Uh, no, there it might be C against whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> and I need uh, what's his name Pickford to have a clean sheet and get two assists for me to win. Yeah. <laughs> but what my other one, go? my other one, I'm winning, so I'm fine. So our main one, I'm already out of it. No chance because I'm tr- behind six points and he still has a couple of players playing and I have no one. <laughs> so <laughs> unless, unless he gets a bunch of negative points and the other one I want, it's uh, the it's our 12 men league. I won that one already. Yeah. Right. yeah, I've won that one already too, Phil. Nice. I need uh, Dwight McNeil to have the game of his life. Which is possible, and then I, then I I mean I have John Stones, Jared Braithwaite, Nathan Aki, and Ederson, and then McNeil to all play, and I'm only down three points, but he still has Ross Barkley, and Bernardo Silva, and Manuel Conchi to play. Mm. So five or three, but he has more attacking players. There's a chance. There's a chance. So you're there's saying a there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> There were some, there were some good games this week, but there were also some blowouts this week as well. But like it's not that... surprising anymore, man. It's not surprising this this year with the Premiership. How many? This I think this is the most, and I don't know if Tico can fact check this, but this is like the most three plus goal games I've seen in a season so far. It feels like it. It feels like everyone's just going for it. There, there was such a trend for so long. I think like the Jose Mourinho thing, where everyone just like parks the bus. And it feels mm-hmm. like it feels like way less teams are just parking the bus these days. Everyone's just like trying to play. Man, I woke up this morning for that Sheffield Brighton game, and I like you know twenty minutes in, I'm like, should have slapped in. God, it was, it was kind of sad. One of those. And I was listening to it while I was at work. I had my headphones in. Yeah, it just was like it was like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, and it, 
It looked just as bad as it sounded, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, should we get into Suds and Duds? Yeah. Okay, the first name on here, speaking of Brighton, is Pascal Gross. Finished with 32 points. He was the highest scoring player of this game week. Uh, projected to only have 12.69. That's right, so far. Uh, he's been on a tear lately, so he's ranked fourth overall uh, for the year. He's second among midfielders, and he's had double-digit scoring in 12 of the last 13 games, going back to December 1st. Jesus. And, wow. Yeah, and it's not like barely like 11, 12 points. He's been kind of like killing it. He's had multiple games of over 20 points, 30 points, so he's been on a tear. He is like single-handedly keeping me competitive in our main league. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. The rest of my team is so mid, and he's just like he's like holding all the weight. You know, there's like memes. Or it's like you know the guy carrying the rock up the mountain. That's Pascal Gross. He's he's my uh, oh no, my Atlas, right? Atlas who holds Atlas, the world. There you go. Atlas, Atlas holding the world. There you go. That one's easier. Pascal Gross, man. Yeah, he's my Atlas. He's a baller, man, and he's he's like carrying on from last season, and he's doing it. Like, was he? Isn't he like thirty or something? It's like thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. He's doing this at that age, and he's he's finally found like the top of his form he's uh he's playing really well man it's crazy too because he does it in different positions like every week like he literally is playing like right wing back this week yeah he scored 32 points yeah it's really nuts uh i was not a believer last year and then this year even to start the season i wasn't wasn't a huge believer but then i got him in a trade and that trade like if it wasn't for him that trade would have been a fiasco but ended up working out there you go. You gotta be happy. You gotta be happy with Pascal Gross. Mm. Gotta be, you gotta be so happy. Where he went, he was going. He was getting going in like the late second round too, to be the fourth ranked player overall. That's pretty good return. I'd love to see the ranking of players after the season's over. It'd be interesting. That's gonna, that's gonna be a good like when we do a recap episode of everything. It's gonna be there's gonna be some hard truths we're all gonna have to face in that episode. <laughs> I think I got a few, mate. Some real, some real realities we're gonna have to come to terms with. Oh, here comes okay. another. Here comes another truth. <laughs> Next one on the list, Rasmus Hoyland finished with thirty points. Actually, when I did this, it was twenty-eight point five. I went back to kind of look at the matchups uh, when we were talking earlier. It's thirty points, so he got another point and a half. Uh, projected twelve, twelve point three three. Had two goals within the first what seven, eight minutes. Uh, second goal was a beauty. Uh, that's <laughs> six in a row. Uh, had his first brace, and he's tied for. Most goals uh, for Manchester United with McTominay with seven. He broke a record today too, man. That was the youngest player to score in six consecutive games. Correct. Imagine if he wasn't bootlegged. <laughs> Bootleg. Well, look, he's. I got you. Got to give the you know where it's due, and he scores six six games in a row. Was that seven goals now? He's he's well on his way. If he keeps it, if he keeps it up, he'll be we right up there with the best best top goal scorers of the league this year. So we'll see. So it so he needs four more goals before the end of the season, no? Uh, no. So five. He has to score more than twelve. Yes. I think it was eleven and a half. Right. It's twelve as a push. If he gets thirteen, Tico gets to talk shit. Well, I'm I'm like rooting for this. I'm on the Rasmus Hoyland train. Yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are. What do you? What is he worth to you right now? Where Where's the line of players? Like looking at the top scoring players in the league right now. Like Ollie Watkins, would you have rather have Ollie Watkins or Rasmus Hoyland? That seems easy, right? Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins. Watkins. Okay. What about Pascal Gross, Rasmus Hoyland? Pascal Gross, he's been oh. consistent all season. Okay. What about Julian Alvarez? Ooh. Or Rasmus Hoyland. Ooh. I'll take Ho- Hoyland. 
I'll take Hoyland there too. He's he's died down a bit. Also, you know Hoyland's going to get his uh, minutes and he's going to start every game. Yeah, yeah. I agree there. What about Bruno Fernandez? Oh, Rasmus Hoyland. From a man that has Bruno in one of my leagues, Hoyland. Bruno's been on a little bit of a better run. Those last four games, 19 and a half, 17, 20.5, 11. It's yeah, it's not, it has better. been bad, but Rasmus has looked more on the upside, for me at least. The only thing is with Hoyland, when he doesn't... His previous high was seven and a half. So if he doesn't score, he doesn't really contribute. He's essentially goal or bust. So then what about Dominic Solanke? He was on such a tear. He still did. I mean, he scored 28. Is he the next one on this list? Oh, no, he isn't. But he scored 28 this week with a goal. He did. So Solanke has been on a tear. He's, I think, third in overall for goals for the year. So. and you know he's getting every minute. He's playing ninety plus. Is that is that kind of that's a tough one, huh? Yeah, Son Hoyland. Yeah, for me that's a coin, uh, coin flip. So okay, Son, you go Son. If I play Son, if he's playing up friggin' front, because I don't know, Richie's gone down the last couple of games. He hasn't scored a goal. Hasn't really contributed. He looks a little bit lackluster. I'm wondering if he's he's fizzled out. I'm hoping not, but he looks like he might have fizzled out. I think it's a natural thing. You're going to lose if you're going to slump a little bit. I'm not super worried about Tottenham. So just to put it in perspective, Keith, ever since Hoyland started scoring, um, from his first game he, he scored a goal to now, he's ranked 25th. He's averaging 16 and a half points per game. But so, That's so interesting. So, okay. That kind of says about the goal scoring, if you're averaging 16 and a half points per game and you're only ranked 25th total. And he also gets pulled a lot, which... T- I don't understand what Ten Hag is doing. I don't know why he was pulled today. Uh, I don't know why they decided to park the bus after going up 2-0. But... It is what it is. Next name on here. Zhao Gomez on, Wolver- on Wolverhampton Wanderers. <laughs> so he finished with 23 points. Season high for him. He had two goals uh, and he's only rostered in 8%. And both of those goals came into uh, against Tottenham. Second one was a beauty uh, unmarked at the penalty box. And... In the last, uh, I think in the last three games, he has two double-digit scoring uh, games. So he's someone to watch out. Maybe he's the one Cunha, with Cunha being out. Uh, I'm sure as well, you could say more on that. I don't think so. I think that's his first two goals of the season. I think Sarabia is going to be the one you really want to look at. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cunha plays more of a central midfield role, um, which, you know, don't get wrong, he got two two goals that, were, you know, he finished very well. Gomez plays more of a central midfield role. Yeah. Sarabia plays more on the wing, more attacking. So I, f- I don't think he's there to read to replace Cunha. So uh, I met as far as fantasy-wise, and he had two double scoring in the last three games. He had 23, 4, and 14. So maybe not the goal contributions, but he might have some value fantasy-wise um, for the Wolves. Maybe. You might be right there. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not like, um, betting the house on him. Like I, I'm not super convinced right now. But, yeah, I mean, Wolves have looked really good the last few games. So it's really hard to – it's definitely like, you know, like two weeks ago, everyone was trying to get Luton Town players, you know, because, you know, they were just like doing so well. And then the last two weeks, the last two game weeks have kind of dropped off. I think the same thing is going to kind of happen with Wolves a little bit where everyone's kind of start scrambling for all the scraps on Wolves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think he's definitely a piece of that. But I, I think there's just other players that – are maybe more interesting to me to pick up off waivers this week, but I agree. Who's to say? 
Okay, who are the honorable mentions this week, Tico? Honorable mention, uh, Odegaard uh, finished with uh, 27.5 points, projected to have 12.27. Odegaard, along with Saka, Havertz, and Trissard, everyone finished with 20 points. So Arsenal, again, 5-0 dropping. Uh, they've been on a roll. And guess who was under double digits again this week for Arsenal? Um, Martin Yes. <laughs> 6.5. I thought he had he sh- I thought he had an assist in the first five minutes of that game. I know I saw. I was I was really fuming. I was furious. Well, it wasn't really an assist, it was a defense. It was he, he passed it and then it because it hit off a of defender's legs, it's not considered an assist. No, if they're not in the same direction. I was upset. Not. It was I felt like it wasn't the same direction. I was very upset. <laughs> I thought about I was gonna call the FA file yeah. edition okay. on his behalf. Wow, so when I complain about a rule, you know, it's deco rules. But whenever something happens to Keith, he wants to get everyone involved. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't I don't say we change the rule. I just say we make an exception for me. Mm, shit. That sounds, <laughs> like a different. Tico, sounds like a Tico rule. <laughs> no. No, it just sucked. But I because like they gave him the points initially too, and then they took him away. That's what made it even harder. Yeah, I, I hate when you, you know do what I mean. That, that was that was the that's where the real pain came from. Yeah. But yeah, uh Arsenal looks Pretty damn good. Was that two like five plus goals in the last two games? I think it's like three in the last four, isn't it? So three in the last four. They've been on fire ever since they lost to Fulham. They scored five against Crystal. They put two against Nottingham Forest, three against Liverpool, six against West Ham, and five against Burnley. Fucking nuts, bro. They're on a scoring tear, bro. Yeah. And how many and, uh how many goals did they give up in that time too, you know? Uh one, one. two two goals. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck off. So, <laughs> so they have 11 goals in the last two games. Their starting striker, who's Jesus, Gabriel Jesus, has not played a single minute and has been on the bench. And he will team. stay on that bench. Is he on the bench or is he injured? Injured. But injured. Yeah. seems like, why would you put him in? Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? No, I said that last week. Yeah, I th- I knew that sounded too good for me to be coming from me. <laughs> Compared <laughs> it from Enzo. <laughs> All right, it's moving on to duds here. The first one on here is a Tottenham player. So uh, it was between Sun and Richarlison, but I gave Richarlison the pass. Uh, Sun had two <laughs> points. Projected of to have 13.52. He played the first uh, all 90 minutes, first game, uh, 90 minute game since he's been back from the. Asian Cup, but uh, did not do much fantasy wise. No, he didn't really do that much this game. Are you worried? Were you kind of joking earlier when Enzo when you said that you you're not gonna you're worried about him until unless he's playing forward? I, I'm worried because when I watched the game, Richarlison just didn't seem to be able to hold the ball. Didn't be didn't seem to have any outlet to his passes. I was worried about a few Tottenham players, but up top, usually I need that to be clicking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Kudasowski was the only one really working down that right-hand side. Son, he didn't, he seemed very reluctant to go down to the byline. And that's what was worrying me. Yeah, I, I could see that. But, you know, another week, I think you just got to move on. Son, you're not doing anything with him. You're not, I don't think no. you're trading Son. No one's trading Son at this stage. No. Okay, the next name on here, John McGinn. Finish with negative 1.5 points, projected to have 9.26. First uh, negative scoring game uh, for him for the whole year, so it's been pretty impressive. But um, he had a bad game, and I, I don't think they were playing someone not that good, right? Fulham. They went up fairly early too. I don't know. Yeah, it was just a weird one. He got a yellow. It's an odd game for him. Pretty underwhelming. He's like he's like pretty consistent too. So I guess this is bound to happen. 
I was going to say, I'm looking at this duds and I'm not worried about any of these flows. Yeah. It's just a bad game. Bad week bad for game. I'm a little worried about the next one on this list, actually. Muhammad Kudos. Uh, 2.5 points, projected to have 14.15. Uh, it's his lowest uh, scoring game since October 29. So it's been pretty good, but uh, did not have a good outing this uh, this past week. The reason I'm worried is because A... West Ham's been not good. Like they've 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 lost a lot. And B, I think his kind of slope these last two games have really coincided pretty tightly with with obviously him coming back from Afcon, but also Paqueta not being around. Yeah, you know. So, but I think he's just got to step up. This West Ham team hasn't won in the last four. They've only drawn one and lost three, and they got smacked up a couple of times. So they lost three in a row, and then they had two ties. So they haven't That's won right. for a yeah, while. That's right. Yeah, they haven't won in a while. Ties going to change. You know who they got next? Oh, they got Brentford next. That's going to be a tough game. Scratch yeah. that. That's going to be another tough, tough game. game. We'll see how tough it goes. Game. I'm a little worried about everyone West Ham related right now. I would even consider maybe trading Kudos if you keep, like if people are still thinking of him as like. All star stud. If you could get like a Pedro Neto or something for Mohamed, yeah, Kudus. I don't think you're gonna get a Pedro now for Kudos. I wish that'd be nice. Maybe, maybe Kudos and a little bit of you know, a little bit of sugar, yeah, a little sugar and a Stupian in a Kudos. Kudos, yeah, not after today, mate. <laughs> Honorable mention on here is Ice Cole Palmer with only three points. Yeah, projected to have 10.67. This was a big game for him. He was talking a lot of how he wants to show Manchester City they shouldn't have sold him and all that stuff. So I felt like... I don't think he said that. I, there was a huge article on ESPN. There was no, an I, article on ESPN. I think, I think the journalist he, maybe said it, but I don't think yeah. he's ever been like, they shouldn't have sold me. No, he said something like, look, he played against them at Stamford Bridge and it was a little bit you know, a little bit weary, but going back to the Etihad and playing there, he, he, he felt like that was going to be a big game for him a big homecoming and he wanted through and honestly these three points don't don't tell you how he played in that game well i don't I think Paul palmer played bad in that game he was one of the reasons that first goal with that great pass down the line so again fantasy fan tracks wise yes but as a player no yeah he his his out ball sprung attacking plays like like all the counterattacks were pretty much because he would dribble past someone and then be able to hit a ball over the top to like uh there was one to gusto there was one to jackson there was one to sterling like he did it a few times it just didn't quite come off in a way that got him points gusto was amazing that game yeah had doku in his pocket mate he is good i think i think chelsea's starting to figure it out a little bit they're gonna try to sell reese james in the summer i mean real madrid comes in for 100 plus mm-hmm. million. Maybe. You're, gonna, you're not gonna say no and watch him never never miss a game from injury once he That's gets exactly what I was thinking. Maybe their physiotherapists are a little bit better than Chelsea's. <laughs> That's like I saw something where Conte hasn't been injured, hasn't missed a game for uh, in, since he went to Saudi Arabia. And he was literally like could not play two games in a row for us before he's, he left. He's literally walking around the pitch though. He doesn't have yeah, to run. Maybe. True. Who knows? All right, moving into the game recaps, so the game reviews. Just looking back on game week 25, we'll try and blow through these fairly quickly. Let's go. So the first kind of notable thing is Liverpool put four past Brentford, and they got a consolation goal. Biggest things here is the solid return, which is a huge boost for Liverpool. You got a goal and assist. But at the same time, Jota came out injured, Phil Jones came out injured, and Nunes came out injured. We don't know how bad Nunes is. We don't know how bad Jones is. Jota looked pretty bad because he got stretched off. Mm-hmm. 
I thought Nunes just got dropped, brought off to save him for the next game. Uh, no, he got he got a small uh, knife on as well. I think it was precautionary. He should be good to go, but he did. Hurt, he it was like a minor injury. Yeah, it's not great. And of course, leave it to the week, like a few weeks before when I finally decide to part ways with Gakpo. All of a sudden, he's super <laughs> fantasy relevant again. I thought about picking him up because they had two games, but I was like, hey, you know, Keith dropped him. He's been pretty ass. I don't want to be the person at picking him up. <laughs> and of course, he gets the. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to start this next game. I have a feeling, right? And then we'll yeah. see what happens there. Like he might be a hot commodity off, off waivers. We'll but, find you know, he, but he's also like owned in, for most Fantrax leagues. He's owned in like 82% of leagues. So it's not like most people aren't going to have him on waivers. It's a lot know? of Liverpool fans right now. Yeah. The other noteworthy thing was Tony got another goal. He was, it was a little bit of an opportune, you know, moment. It's not like he created some masterful thing, but he looked pretty solid throughout the game. And this is now what four and five for him. Man, he creates his own chances. Like you give him the ball, you let him run it down. He's gonna try and make something out of anything. Imagine this guy in a team that doesn't play the long ball as much as this team does. I mean, hopefully, we'll we won't have to imagine it much longer. I think he's leaving in the summer. Okay, next next thing to cover here is just that we talked about it a little bit earlier. Just that little absolute thrashing that Arsenal gave Burnley. Saka on fire. Havertz is looking like the jokes are all. There's no more like jokes about Havertz. Like people, there's no more jokes online about Havertz. I'm not saying he's like fully fulfilled his potential, but no one's like clowning on him like they were. Have you guys noticed that? No, he's doing his job. That's why we laughed about it the other the other the other week when we were talking about trading him off. I think he's starting to know his role. He's starting to know his position, and he's he's finally starting to fit into this Arsenal team. Is he on the waivers for us, or is he? Yeah, I think he's. No, someone owns it. No, someone. Owns it. I think the only other things is um, that just the D, the Arsenal defense back to back clean sheets. When was the last time any teams had back to back clean sheets? I feel like that's so rare. I think Crystal Palace maybe had three in a row earlier in the season, but other than that, it's been pretty like. And Odegaard's been looking pretty good too. Oh, yeah. really good. I think. He's, I mean, he's, he's since he's started looking good is when Arsenal started scoring like five plus goals a game. Yeah, start banging them in. It's not yeah. too easy. I will say, I did watch the highlights, ready to just absolutely hate on Martinelli. But I actually thought he played pretty well this this game. There was there was, he created a lot of chances that led to shots off target, like where he create and made some really good passes, and the other guys that he passed to just absolutely whiffed it. That happened three or four times, and that would have been almost like ten points in itself right there. So something to note there. Yeah. So I'm I'm not as down on Martinelli as I normally am. Burnley, is there anything interesting there for you guys? I'm waiting for company to get the sack, man. He's they're getting battered. I don't think he's getting. The, I think he's gonna. They're just. He's gonna lead him back down to the the championship. God, then, I don't know. We'll see there. Uh, just hopping around a little bit. Uh, Austin Villa, Fulham. Uh, Watkins scored a brace. He just looks unstoppable. They looked like they were gonna just run train that game and kind of slowed down and let Fulham get back into it. Muniz got Muniz got another goal. That's what. Four and four for him. That's three goals in a row. Yeah, three in a row, three games in a row with goals. So I think we need to. I know we last week we were saying we weren't sure, we didn't know how we felt about it. I think you need to start taking him somewhat seriously at this point. Yeah, if you you know strike while the iron's hot, you know what I mean. So Forrest played a hapless West Ham. Awoni got a goal, which is great. And then what? West Ham got a red. Calvin Phillips got that red. He's having a fucking disaster, man. I know. You feel for that guy. I, you, you, he's Apparently, he's really nice. He seems like a really good dude, too. So, you kind of feel bad was, for him. Was it back-to-back uh, yellow, right? Like, right after each other? 
Yeah, it was just a freaky little thing. One was for like shoving a guy, the other was for a tackle that could have maybe not been a yellow. It wasn't that bad. It, it definitely was harsh to be sent off for that, I thought. Uh, Callum Hudson, do I scored again as well? So was that three goals and an assist in his last five? It's not a fire, that Forest team. It's not a fire. Yep, Spurs struggled. Yeah, I just don't think. I don't know what happened to Angeball, but it's been non existent in the last two or three games. Well, I think a big part of it is not having either of the. Uh, fullbacks available yeah well that was this game but even the games before this the Ange ball just doesn't seem to be the way it was before where we were high attack and making the runs again touches in the box we're not getting the same touches in the box we were before i think we do really we do really badly against anyone putting five in the back anyone putting a low block on we don't have you think with madison there we'd have the key but it doesn't seem it even madison i think madison had what 12 points 11 points so six and a half yeah, six and a half. You think they figured them out? Well, look, you got to figure it this way. Like, think of it in any sport. When someone new comes out, say, like, American football and it's a quarterback and they come out, they do well for a few games if, you know, they're throwing the ball because they've got, so they, they got so nothing they get on the him. tape on them, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now they've yeah, got some tape. Something to it. There's definitely something to that for sure. But I think, like, the good managers are always changing anyways. Wait, that's the thing. Ange doesn't change shit. Not, not nothing against Ange. I'm just saying he hasn't changed. He's, he's very... That's it. This is how I'm playing. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah, it could be a problem, especially with the way that uh, United's pushing. Are you feeling a little nervous about that top four? They're creeping, man. They're creeping. Villa's, you know, Villa's still Villa. I, feel, I still feel they're a great team, and they've got a goal scorer that's scoring goals and assisting at will. So we, we need to start scoring goals is what we need to do. Totally. Uh, Kulisowski okay. had a good goal. That was a nice turn. Yeah. Very yep. nice goal. Nice little nutmeg. Newcastle with two wins and two draws in the last four games. But I think the more telling thing is they, the two draws are against teams you think they'd beat in Luton and Bournemouth. What do you guys think? Is Are, they, are you uh, – and, I, you know, they have Arsenal next. I'm not I'm not loving my Newcastle assets. I think obviously like the Anthony Gordon's you're starting because he's had a great season. It looks like with Isak and Wilson out, he's on pens, which is great. But Harvey Barnes didn't look particularly good this game. I was really disappointed. I was excited for that to happen, and nothing really happened there. Do you bench your Newcastle defenders when they play uh, Arsenal this coming week? I'd heavily think about it. Are they at home? Because that no I had was they haven't. They've got no wins in the last four at home. The game's at Emirates, so there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. I would. I would consider benching my Newcastle defenders. I would very seriously consider benching my Newcastle defenders. The way that Arsenal's been playing, it's just scary. You just, you just, I mean, just going negative four plus points is just so brutal. Especially in fan tracks, it's hard to get those points back. So rough. Uh, Semenyo had a nice goal. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. Is he owned in a lot of leagues? I, I think he was after he's, a little run. He's he owned in enough that he can't be on waivers. I think he's owned mm. in sixty plus. Yeah, moving on. The next one, uh, City got a cheeky little draw against Chelsea this week. Probably the best game of the week, in my opinion. Even though it was a one-one draw. Absolutely. I think it just it was really high intensity. I think the most noteworthy thing in this game, just maybe not fantasy related, but just like game related, was that Chelsea's last two big important like wins, like moral wins, were that win against Villa in the um, FA Cup and then this, and both of those Thiago Silva didn't play. So I feel like I feel like it finally might be time where we need to start phasing Silva out because I feel like our, we could have a way higher defensive line without Silva. Well, it wasn't like you were playing a higher line against City, perfectly honest. No, but we could. We had athletic defenders that could keep up with the City attackers. And I think Silva's maybe just finally passed it a little bit. But yeah, Dzowski played really well. Fucking really well, man. Can we talk about how Haaland? And, and I'm not. I'm not even worried about Haaland, but he missed some fucking sitters in this game. 
Well, so did Chelsea though. Chelsea. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm, I expect that from Chelsea. Sorry, Keith. No, but I don't expect that. From, I, I don't mean. expect that from Holland. Holland knocked those in. Do you guys want to hear a stat that's going to blow your mind? Go on. Early Holland has 35 big chances missed. Darwin Nunez has 28 big chances. Mm. One of those guys is a laughing stock. The other one is Erling Holland. Did you? No, I'm joking. Did you, we we all ever we all believe in Darwin Nunez now. Yeah. But, yeah. Dude, and he's that goal was cheeky as fuck. I loved that goal he made. That little chip, little dink over the top. His goal was let's do it the hardest way possible, as opposed to he could have went to the right, could have went to the left, could have passed it. But he could have passed it off. He could have passed off, but it just reminded me of football back in the day. You know what I mean? The little bit of skill. Just give me a little running, finish. Running full speed to chip that ball. Like, that is crazy. It's so difficult. It's crazy. My favorite chip is Keith. This will probably, it's your favorite as well. Ramirez, Ramirez. over uh, Vidal. Yeah. Was it Vidal at that time? Yeah, like Ch- the, the Barcelona goalkeeper. In the, yeah, the uh, audacity. Yeah. That was. Yeah, that was... And from him, from a defensive midfielder. I never expected yeah, that. Yeah, but... pretty amazing. Okay, refocusing here. Uh, we talked about Palmer, a little underwhelming. Uh, Jackson had a very good game again. I mean, he's he's. I kind of. I think I tweeted it on the on the draft sides account. But I think him and Nunez are really similar to me in, in that they they'll do a, like six very infuriating things, and then they'll eventually like get what they need. So it's kind of one of those guys you just need to let him cook. You just need to let him play, do his thing. He's gonna he's gonna miss some crazy chances that are like mind boggling, but then ultimately he ends up contributing more times than he doesn't. He needs to slow down, man, in my opinion. I think you're right. I think he's got the finish behind him. But he gets himself in good positions, but he's like running full fucking pelt and can't seem to control the ball. So, yeah, we call those volume shooters. Uh, it's crazy. You're telling him, you're saying like he gets himself in good position. You're praising Nicholas Jackson when Hojlund did the, everything the exact same thing, couldn't finish. You would criticize him. But I do think Nico Jackson is one of those where he needs more opportunities. He's not going to be clinical or lethal in front yeah, of the box. He, there's certain strikers like Callum Wilson and stuff where they get one opportunity a game and they finish it. That's not Darwin Nunez. That's not Nico Jackson. You know, it's a different type of player. Not Holland. No, yeah, I thought the Chelsea defense overall looked really good. Like we talked about, Gusto looked really good. Showell was solid. I think that. And I think it has to do with the midfield. Like, it's looking way more solid. And it's allowing the defense to play better. So, I think Chelsea defenders are back in play for fantasy. I think the Zossi is available in some leagues. Colwell is probably available in a lot of leagues. Gusto is actually on waivers because he's available in 49% of leagues. So, there's something to think I'm about. I'm scared to pick up Chelsea defenders. Yeah, I get it. Well, who do they play next? Uh, it's post- so, they don't have a game this week because of... Yeah. Is that because of the final? Yeah, because we're playing uh, Liverpool in the League Cup final on Sunday. And then they play Brentford the following. Which I'm not. I think that's a good game for them. As mm-hmm. good as it can be. You know, there's obviously, there's only maybe like three or four teams you'd rather play in the league right now. But yeah, um, I'm not worried about anyone on the City side. I think this is a little bit of a freaky thing. It was great to see Sterling get a goal. It's been the first time he's contributed. First time, I'm surprised that the, the guy I'm playing this week started him, which I was shocked by, considering that he's barely played in the last few weeks. But like, good for him to come back versus old team after not playing a lot and score a goal. X Man City lads showed up against fucking against City. They did. Some other kind of notes here. Crystal Palace uh, looks like Roy Hodgson is he officially fired? Is he officially been sacked, or is it like it sounds no, like it's that was like all the rumors were that he was going to get sacked, and then he had like a, he like something he had like a medical issue on the field and like went to the hospital. 
Yeah. So it's probably like it sounds like one of those situations that they're like when like someone's trying to break up with someone and then they like that they like have an accident and then you can't really break up with them until they're better again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, Ooh, I can't be the bad guy. Hey, we we gotta can we can we talk? Can we talk? Yeah. Yeah, Chris yeah. Pal- is bribing the doctors. Hey, just you know, say he's okay. Just sign the paperwork. That's so funny. Uh, but we'll so. see. I mean, Crystal Palace plays tomorrow against Everton. I think Everton, that's such a big game for Everton, but it's starting to become a really big game for Crystal Palace too because they're getting dangerously close to the relegation zone. To a lot of those teams down there. It's not It's not just the top, the top of the table. It's the bottom of the table. It's getting a little bit risky. So yeah. every game's important. Yeah, but I think tomorrow will be interesting. No Hodginson. The new coach isn't in yet. I think Palace is going to be up against it. Yeah, they are. against Everton. So I'm a little, you know, a little worried about that. And then the game today, we talked about it briefly, but that Brighton just absolutely drubbed Sheffield. Sheffield got a red card in like the 20th minute or some, something like that. And that was just brutal. I mean, that was the most red, red card I've ever seen. Like, I'm surprised that wasn't an automatic red card on the field. Yeah. Well, Sheffield are now the uh, officially the worst team in the Premiership ever. At this stage, at this at, at this stage, they've let in so many bloody goals and scored so little. Bye. Thirteenth minute, <laughs> minute, Mason Hol- Holgate with that red. That was yeah. that was like one of the highest tackles I've ever seen too. That was like on his like inner thigh. That was above so, his knee. So, tackle. what are you thinking when you do that tackle? Do you really think you're gonna make it? And, and even if you he do, lost the plot, he missed it. You know, he just know. he like he just lost control. Yeah, the other main things here to talk about is obviously Adinger got the two goals, which is great. They both were pretty late. It wasn't like you know, but he I thought he looked solid throughout. Pascal Gross looked really good. He had you know his his xg xa expected goals expected assists was actually higher than Adinger's. He played phenomenally. Matoma's back. Matoma started looking lively again. Sheffield United, I don't know, man. I can't. I don't really want to speak to anyone on that team. I think we can just avoid everything. The other one is a stupid on again did not start. Yeah, he only came on for the last five minutes. Lamptey got the start again, so mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on there. Yeah, and then just the last game of the week was that Hoyland brace against Luton Town. But I will say, after those two goals went in, uh, Luton looked like the better team for a lot of that game. Yeah, it was uh, it was brave of Ten Hag to go defensive. I don't know why he did that because Man United had a pretty good hold of the game. You're also Manchester United playing against Luton Town. Why are you going defensive? It made no exactly. sense. It makes no sense. When they were defending corners or when they're defending, Hoyland was dropping all the way back to their box, which my box, you don't even have anyone you could kick it out to. So just Luton was putting everyone in the box. It was. It was mind-boggling. I also think that they were just, yeah. I feel like United's done this a lot this season where they, like, just look bad. They've done it a lot for the last couple of years, and he's, but they still they're seem still to win. creep. They're still up there. Yeah. I think top four is in play for them. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds, top four is definitely in play. Right, uh, cool. Anyone else on that team? I mean, Rashford, meh, right? Yep. Nope. Garnacho. Garnacho, mate. Garnacho was good. Garnacho was good. McTominay's good, coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah, but again, coming off the bench. Do you think he? Do you think he starts getting starts now with Casemiro? I thought Casemiro looked past it personally. It's, it was just a bad game for Casemiro, but yeah, I think I think it might be time to to move on. But I don't think McTominay is that long term replacement. I agree. 
Totally agree. What do you guys think about a uh, uh, Kobe Mainu? Uh, worth it? Worth an ad? Potentially, I was actually looking at him to add to waivers. I, I opted against it just because I think I need to see a little more. But in the last two games, I think he's had like seven key passes, which is really? a pretty good amount. Which is a pretty good amount. So, especially where he's playing, like like with if Casemiro is in there playing the six, then Manu's actually getting higher up the field. I have a feeling though Casemiro is probably going to come out of the squad after this game because I thought he just looked past it. In which case Manu probably drops into that six, and then either. Um, Erickson or McTominay plays more in that like box to box eight role, but we'll see. Yeah, I could see them using Casemiro as someone like like today when they go up and then bring him on and like have him finish Shut the game like game. the last three. Yeah, yeah, I, I see. That's probably his his future. You hear what Ten Hag one of the targets for the summer? Who? Frankie De Jong. He's just trying to bring his old Ajax team back to Man United. I heard that. I think everyone's looking at Frankie De Jong. I think he's just. I think now that he's like, yeah, I want to get the fuck out of Barcelona. I think everyone's like, okay. Man, how old is De Jong? Oh, he's only twenty six. He's about being his prime. I have a rookie card of his. Oh, nice. Prize possession. I keep that. Yeah, why not? All right, moving on to waivers. The first name on here is Tariq Lamptey, owned in twenty one percent of leagues, a Brighton player. It's very frustrating that he got subbed off at half, so he didn't get the clean sheet points in this game. Nope. But he also got subbed off because they were up 2-0, and the other team had a red. Sheffield had a red. So I think it was more of a sub, like, let's rest our players that have been playing a lot. Because he started in the last three games. In one of those games, he started, both he and Asupinion started, which I think is a really good sign. So that even <laughs> if Asupinion comes back, Lamptey's not completely out of uh, out of starting. I think the obviously the scary is that he's always a risk of sub or rotation of DBZ, but he's been looking, he's looking like he's settling into a pretty good starting role. Yeah, what what's, what's what's worrying? Yeah, I think he's a good player. We've always we've known he's a good player. He was one of a uh, wonder kid like, a couple of years ago. I think he's still a good player. But the worrying thing for me for is a uh, a Stupion didn't come onto the eighth minute, so he didn't replace Lamptey. Who replaced Lamptey? Igor. Igor. Uh-huh. Igor. How many how many positions do these freaking Brian players play? That's what All I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's that's the worry. He's got them all played. I'm waiting to see one of them play freaking goalkeeper. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure that's like the last place Pascal Gross hasn't played for Roberto De Zerbi. His goalkeeper. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. But yeah, I think Tori Grand PV uh it's a good pickup. I, I know I got him off a trade. I think a trade off of you, Keith. And um, it was just up and down. That up and down, just like you said, subbed off, subbed on, start one game, don't start another game. I think the the, the hope is that because he started three in a row, he's settling in as a starter. But yeah, I think there's always the risk that that is going to continue and he's going to not get every minute. But I think there's something there. You're starting to see him around more and more and more. So I, I'm interested there. The next one on here, this might be my number one ad of the week, is uh, Jacob Kiwar, Kiwar on Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Owned in 22% of leagues. He's had three solid point returns from the last three games. He came on at like halftime two games ago, and then he started the two after that. And each game he's double digits or close to it. Yeah, and he's played, he's played left back in both of their last games where they kept clean sheets. So I'm starting to think that uh, even if and when Zinchenko comes back, that he might be holding down the spot for a little while. It's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to take him out and bring some Zinchenko into this game. I feel like well, he got an assist this game. Got um, an assist this game, yeah. So he does have that attacking prowess that Zinchenko has, but I think the one thing he has better than Zinchenko is he actually does know how to play defense. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> does track back. So I think, yeah, that'll be a good shot for a pickup. Only 22% if you need a defender. Yeah, like obviously Newcastle's not the best game ever, but Newcastle's been leaking goals. And then after that, they play Sheffield United, which is like a free clean sheet. So, <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> Jinx it. Jinx it. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's another really good one. And then a third defender that we have on the list this week is Malagusto. And he's only on here because he's only owned in 49% of leagues. I think I, I would have thought personally by now that he would have been Picked way up. higher. You know, I, I've had him for weeks. I've been, I feel like I haven't beaten the drum on Gusto for months, you know, when since Reese James has been out. But if Chelsea's defense starts looking better, like it has against Villa and it did against Villa in the FA Cup and it did against um, City this week, then I think. Gusto's great until if and when Reese James comes back. But I, you know, Reese James is doing individual drills, but he's not. I don't think. I think they're gonna go. I think they're gonna work so slowly on Reese James to bring him back. I think there's no, there's no way he comes back in any sort of like rushed way, especially with how good Gusto's playing. I don't think there's a point in bringing bringing him back this year. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the only way. Yeah, I don't really see it. Yeah, don't really see it. I like. If it is, it'll be just every a few minutes just to get fitness. I don't think he's going to be like playing back-to-back games. You know, I think no. it's going to, they're going to be treating him the way they've been treating him in Kunku, which is very like very limited playing. Just really trying to ease him in. I like Gustav. I think Gustav's a good player. He's only like twenty too. Yeah, he's working well in that Chelsea team. I think you're right. I think Reece James, if he comes on, he comes on as a sub. You ease him back into it. You, we ru- they rushed. I don't even think they rushed him back the last time. He's just injury prone at the moment. Yeah, I think there's both. I think that's. Both things are happening, but yeah, but like they're so lucky they have a, they picked up a Gusto to be the backup, and the guy's stepped into it and has been playing great. It looks great, defensively really solid, and also has been has provided you know provided um, some attacking returns as well. So I think those are that's what you're looking for in a defender. Okay, another name on here, Neil Melpe, owned in 41% of leagues. I feel like we've been also someone else we've been kind of beating the drums on. I was shocked to see him even in and around the forties here, you know, he's been on such a good run. And even though he hasn't, he didn't score in this last game, he's still getting like a solid returns. He's getting six, seven, eight points from games yep. where he does get goals. And that's like, you know, you, that's what you need. If you, and with um, Ivan Tony back, Tony's been stealing a little bit of the spotlight, but I still think that, you know, Tony's going to create space for other players around him too. And Tony's been known to do that. So I think Mope is worth looking at. Yeah. Like if, uh, if it was anything like the old Brentford, they played Tony up front on his own, but they've been playing him with Mopai. So I think he's a good ad. Uh, I picked him up in one of my leagues. He's He's been solid. Has it been amazing? No, but it's been solid, consistent. Yep. Tico, any thoughts? Uh, no, I think he's definitely good. And Brentford has, uh, like you said, even if he doesn't score, he contributes. Uh, so I would definitely, um, someone I think he should be rostered. He's also, they're also playing West Ham next week, which West Ham is looking like a juicy team right now. It's just they're slumping. So worth worth pickups, worth pickups. Last name on here, David Datro Fofana. So he, he came on and got an assist in his very first game for Burnley. And then he came on and got two goals in his second game for Burnley. And I think his third and his fourth games have been against Liverpool and Arsenal. So, which you're not expecting him to do much but even in the liverpool game he was one-on-one with the keeper twice so he looked and i think for me he's just been like really passing the eye test like i think he actually looks pretty darn good so i am i'm intrigued by him and especially intrigued because next game is crystal palace for them so i think crystal palace i think if you're trying to ride like ride the lightning a little bit you got to ride the reverse lightning as well so you got to look at like slumps are such a huge part of soccer and 
Crystal Palace has looked bad. So take advantage of that. I think he's a he's might be a really great spot start to get just a one game start. I think so. I don't. It's Burnley, so that's the only only thing that I'm looking down on. I know you said you got a striker on from both sides, but oh yeah, he does look good. Like I know you say he passed the eye test, but it feels the same as uh, what was that other player? Is that the other player from Burnley too? The midfielder, Ndumi, Ndumi, some of those. Well, they look good. They they play well. It's just not translating onto to the fan fact. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just I think there's goals in that game for him. Already, that does it up for waivers. We talked about goal scoring and kind of to touch back on something we discussed earlier on the goals per uh, game. Okay. So, the, I found the best I could do is I found an article article written mid December, so a couple of months ago. And this year's average is 3.16. It seems really high. Yeah. It goes back until all the way to 1992, 93. Uh, the highest it was prior to it was 2.82. And wow. this is probably the 3.16 is probably higher because we had a couple of games 5 0 to 6 0. So the average is probably 3.3, 3.2, something, which kind of shows, like you, you mentioned, there's a lot of games with uh, over three goals being scored. Crazy. Let's uh let's look at the next week a little bit. When you guys are looking at these games, I think the biggest thing to note is that Chelsea and Tottenham are both not playing this week, so just playing accordingly. Mm-hmm. So that means that I know there's a lot of players that are going to be on benches. Enzo, how are you going to manage this with your five starters from uh, Tottenham? Are you going to be okay? I don't fucking know, bro. I looked at it and I was like, what the fuck? I'm just going to take a nil. Who are you playing? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I hope it's me. I hope it's me. After this week, it is I'm- me. <laughs> oh, After this week, I'm going to be eighth, which might as well be bomb because the other two teams below me have only got four wins each. Maybe they might have five by the end of this week. Man, I've been slumping. I needed my taco uh, taco week by. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, that's funny. And, and I have zero Chelsea or uh, Tottenham players, so I'm good to go, man. I am. It is going to be rough for me. It's gonna be rough. Looking at these games, there's there's not a lot that are sticking out to me. There's a lot of like very chalky games this week, like Arsenal Newcastle, which I think would have been was early in the year. That was a really interesting and exciting game, but now in the season, the way Newcastle been playing, I'm not as excited about that game as I was uh, previously. I think Villa and Forest might be a good one. It'll be good. I mean, you expect Villa to win, even though even though Forest has been looking better, you still expect Villa to win that game. Yeah, but yeah, I think I'll definitely be tuning into that. God, my team looks freaking terrible with all my my players off. United Fulham. United Fulham. That could be interesting. You think that's a trap game? You think that's a Fulham gets points? I, if Fulham hasn't been informed. Uh, if the, this was like a month ago, I would have said yes. But Fulham's been pretty uh, looking pretty bad Sloppy. ever since ever since Raleigh Manets went down. They haven't been the same. Truly, I think Bournemouth could give City some trouble. Get out of it, Keith. Where you where you get that from? Uh, you know, like, what? I'm not gonna say it. Like, You've been right about a few things. I thought Bournemouth. I think what they drew against uh, Newcastle last week, they've, th- they've looked decent. I think City goes for fucking the neck. You think that after that tie with Chelsea, which I t- think they go for the fucking neck and they go off from. I draw against Chelsea for City as the equivalent of like a defeat. Yeah, so they're gonna be. They're gonna be. They're gonna come back pissed and hungry. Well, the game I'm looking for. There's a couple games I'm looking forward to. I think obviously Man United Fulham, like you mentioned, because I think Fulham's one of Man United's buggy teams, so it's gonna be a good game. Uh, Arsenal Newcastle. I'd like to see if Arsenal can carry on against pretty sturdy defense. I know Burns been a little bit shaky, but I think that's going to be a good bloody game. Could be a good game. 
And I worry for Sheffield United because I think they're going to get wally wamped by Wolves. So is that our bets? Brighton versus Everton is interesting to me too. Yeah, that'll be a decent game. We'll see how this Crystal Palace. If Everton beats Crystal Palace pretty handily tomorrow, then I think this game could be get really spicy. Because Everton just needs points. Everton just needs points bad. Man, they'd be in 12th if they didn't get those point deductions. I know, it's sad. So yeah. the game tomorrow actually means a lot for me because I realized that I had a lot of injuries for this week's matchup, so I dropped the player, Harvey Elliott, because I wasn't going to play him in case I need to pick someone up for Monday. And I just realized uh, that I still have one roster spot. So I do have a chance, technically, of winning this week, so I need so to pick up a player. there's a chance. <laughs> and he has Virgil van Dijk, Nunes, and Allison. And he's up by six points. So if I pick up someone that scores a goal against like 15 to 20 points. Is Harrison, is Harrison available? That might be the move. Oh, I can't believe I just helped you. I know. You, Jack Harrison? You, yeah. No, he's not available. Uh, no. There's, there are some options. Uh, I just have to see what the lineup is. And then I'll make my decision. But uh, if Liverpool shuts the bed, then I could win. If... Honestly, yeah. If Liverpool shits the bet. If I was Thomas, I would just go and add every single player and drop him. Just put everyone on the waiver wire so I cannot <laughs> pick anyone up. Mm. Might be a good idea. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be nasty. As a commissioner, I might step in at that point. Alrighty, boys. I think that's it for us. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Draft Off Sides. Like and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcast. My name is Keith. I'm with Tico Nenzo. Until next time, this is Draft Off Sides. <laughs> <laughs>